This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Word of prayer. Father, we thank you. What a good God you are. Awesome, glorious, wonderful, majestic. We bless your name. Lord, as we look into your word for a word of exhortation this morning, Jehovah, please speak to us. Exalt the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, the, like I said in that, um, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> the, glasses, <laughs> the glasses. So the people that were imitating me, they, they, they got me. They, they, they did a good job. You know, and I want to recognize my friend and brother, uh, Brother Diche, and his lovely wife and family, Princess Adetutu. God bless you. You know, this, this brother, Pastor Cole, very near and dear to my heart. You know, in the beginning, we were, all those prayers we prayed then, the answers are coming now. In fact, co-pastor was reminding me yesterday, one of the prayers we used to pray back then was, Lord, those that you have, you have given, wherever they are in the world, if they are in Nigeria, let them be given visas. Let them come and transform the church. You know, Ozai came. Johnson came, Harvey from South Africa. We said, anywhere they are, Lord, bring them. Pastor Ebuku came. Anywhere in the world where they are. So all the beauty you see today is answer to those prayers. You know, God has brought people from all kinds of places to make a difference here. So we thank God for that. Praise the Lord. So the end of a thing is the beginning of another. Amen. Not only that, when we talk about crossover, crossover can be a reset of sorts. You know, a time that God moves you from one thing into another. You know, and there's a number of scriptures where Jesus talked about, let's cross over to the other side. I want us to read very quickly Mark chapter 4 from 35 to 41 very quickly. It says, and evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Let, let's stop there for a quick minute. He says, let us cross to the other side of the lake. The one thing I want you to remember today, there is an other side of your life that you have not yet realized. There, is, there are things on the other side of you that you yourself, you are not aware of. Amen. I gave the example of people that have transitioned careers. Never thought, if you, are, if you will have told them, a good example is, I know he won't mind me using him as an example. You know, if you told him when he was struggling to pay for graduate school in California, studying petroleum engineering, that today he will be a solutions architect for AWS. He will say, forget that, I'm an engineer. If you told him that he will be a Splunk engineer, he say, it's not my path. Amen? So there is an other side to every one of our lives. There's an other side. And my prayer is that the king of glory will open our eyes of understanding that we may see that other side Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. 
you know, the other side can be pleasant and it may be unpleasant. You know, but let, let's start with the pleasant side. About 24 years ago, I moved from my side of bachelorhood to the side of marriage. I'm still in the euphoria of marriage after almost 24 years. It was a life-changing experience. It was a transition. It was a transition. I crossed over from being single to being married. There are many people today that are afraid of commitment. They don't want to make that transition. One thing I can tell you is bachelorhood has its issues. And so does marriage. And each of, both of them are nice. But I can tell you, if I have to choose between being married and being single, from morning till night, till the next day, till eternity, I will choose marriage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your applause is weak because you are not married yet. I know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Jesus said to them, he said, let us go. Let us cross to the other side of the lake. Where, you know, I, I've always had this mindset that buying a new car is a waste of money. Just buy a three-year, four, five years old car, and you're good. It's the same experience. But uh, about six years ago, uh, when I turned 50, you gave me a car, a brand new one. Huh? When I transitioned, I said, Kaki no be leather. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's a totally different experience. It's a totally different experience. So if you have not experienced something, it's not unlikely that you will talk down. It's, like, it's not a big deal. You know, my wife and I were talking the other day, and she said, first class, she said, I, I, it's a waste of money. I said, baby, <laughs> wait until the Lord makes room. And we, we fly first class. From here non-stop to say Dubai, you know, 14 hours. And we lay the bed flat and we sleep and then we wake up, we go brush teeth and then they serve us breakfast. You will know that this life is <laughs> not the same as in economic comfort. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's comfort plus, but it's nothing like first class. You know, so especially when you don't have money, you know, it's a waste of money. Wait until God transitions you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. There is an other side that God wants to reveal to you. An other side that is better than where you are. There are many people here today. If I ask you, I know you. If I ask you where you are now and when you were two years ago, would you like to go back to that life? You know, I know nurses that have transitioned. You know, so do you want to transition back? You say, excuse me. I like where I am. So there is an other side is the point I'm trying to make here. Amen. There's an other side. But remember, that other side is not always a pleasant one. And when God wants to transition you to the other side, you know, the expectation is if God is taking me to my other side, if God is present with me, the king of glory is present, there shouldn't be any problem, right? Let's continue reading. So he said, let us cross to the other side of the lake. Verse 36. 
So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. All other boats followed. Listen. You must learn to shut out the noise. The reason many people have not been able to transition is because of all the noise. You know, there are some people you have to leave behind. If you must transition and get to where God is taking you, some people cannot make it there with you. You know, the old rocket system, the old rocket system, when they are going to space, you know, you have the spaceship. In fact, if you are not careful, you may not even notice the spaceship. The spaceship is sitting on a booster. Huge tank of fuel is sitting on a booster. And on two sides, you have two other boosters that will help it lift up. You know, but when, if, they, if that aircraft, that spacecraft, if it's going to make it to space, it has to jettison those boosters. But it needs those boosters to rise. But once it gets to that altitude where it can cruise, it must get rid of those boosters. If you don't get rid of certain things in your life, it might be people. It might be habits. It might be that you just sleep too much. Can we be honest? Can I be honest? You probably just sleep too much. Or you watch too much TV. Or you have friends. <laughs> Let me just gist with my friend very quickly for two minutes. Two minutes is 20 minutes. 20 minutes is 40 minutes. Talking about nothing. Well, talking about nothing useful. If I, all the gist is talking about other people. Something that adds no value to your life. So if you are going to transition to the other side, there are certain things you must jettison. Amen? The Bible says, they did what? Verse 36. It says, they left the crowds behind. Because on the other side, they don't need the crowd. The crowd will be a distraction. I told you a story a couple of weeks ago that the general of Isaiah told about that man that his life was in his hand and then they have people on either side of the road, some praising him, some insulting him. He said, which one helped you? He said, neither of them. I focus on what? My life. You must learn to focus. You must learn to focus. Let's continue reading. Verse 37. He said, but soon a fierce storm came up. Every time I've read this scripture, it's always confused me. They were careful to make sure they did not set out without Jesus. They went with Jesus. They made sure Jesus was in the boat. I'm sure you have had stories about the boat of your life and all of those things, sermons that have been preached. As long as you have Jesus in your boat, there will be no problem. And this and that. There might be a problem, but Jesus is able to solve the problem. That's the difference with going with or without him. He can fix the problem for you in real time. So they went with Jesus, and Jesus, because Jesus is the king of kings, the king of glory, he's not afraid of anything. He was sleeping. The storm was raging. In that storm, he was sleeping. You know, one grace God has given me is sleep. Amen. I may not sleep for long, but I have absolutely no problem falling asleep. When I hit the bed, we're having a conversation. The way my wife knows that I've disconnected is I begin to switch gears. 
Then she will tap me. Honey, are you sleeping? You had me switching gear. Now you woke me up for me to respond. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I have no problem falling asleep. You know, in fact, when I have situation that I don't have an answer, I just go to bed. Amen. Worrying and murmuring and complaining, oh, my life is over. Uh, this is happening. Oh, they are going to kick me out. You're talking. How does it change them kicking you out? I just go to sleep. The Bible says it gives his beloved sweet sleep. I just go to sleep. I just go to sleep. And usually, by the time I wake up, you know, now I'm fresh. I'm refreshed from sleep. I say, hey, where did we live off? You know, and then we can continue from there. And usually, by the time I wake up, I have a certain peace about the situation. There was a fierce storm. There was a fierce storm. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Uh, with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Can you imagine? There was a contest sometime, the, the story I heard, you know, for people to draw an image of peace. You know, people draw, drew all kinds of things. You know, nice gentle breeze blowing the, uh, the grass blades and things. And one guy drew an image of a storm and then a dove just gliding peacefully in the midst of the storm. Peace is not an absence of trouble. Peace is rest in spite of trouble. In spite of the storm, Jesus was sleeping. In fact, as the boat was rocking, it was an annoyance to him that this boat rocking is disturbing my sleep. Amen? He was not afraid of the storm. So they woke him up very quickly. They woke him up very quickly. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care? That we are going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked them. I rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? There are many of us that are fearful. There are some people here today, you are anxious about what the next move is going to be. Do you not understand that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator of everything, the ones that owns the earth and the fullness therein, do you not understand that that is the God that is on your inside? The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The reason I have peace is not because I am foolish to ignore the storm. It's because I am confident of the one that is in me. That is my confidence. My confidence is not a misguided confidence. You know some people, I think it was co-pastor that was, oh yeah, yeah, Tuesday Bible study. Co-pastor was talking about, you know, you say, there's a lion. The lion is roaring. 
Say, I have peace. I have peace. Even though the lion is roaring. In fact, true life story. Some of you may not believe it, but true life story. Somebody said the bad Thank you, sir. He knows the story. There was a guy that said to himself, he said, I am the Daniel of this time. So he went to the zoo. Pastor Cole, true life story. He went to the zoo, climbed the fence, and jumped in the lion's den. You know, I was looking at the lion and said, I am the prophet. I am the prophet Daniel of this. The lion had a good lunch. Ate him up. Tore him apart. I praise the Lord. So we're not talking about a misguided confidence here. We're talking about a confidence that is rooted and grounded in Christ. The reason many people are afraid, I will tell you, very simple. The, may, the reason many of us are afraid is because we don't know God. We know about him, but we don't know him for ourselves. A lot of what you know is what others have said about him. You have not had a personal revelation of the truth of the gospel. That is why many people are disillusioned today. You know, they're like, this thing is not working. It's not working because it's not a revelation to you. It's somebody else's revelation you are hanging on to and you are just mouthing it. I am the head and not the tail. I will not die. I will not die. You, you're just rattling. You know, like I, like I always say, we, we live in an era of cliché, sound bites. People that refuse to spend time in his presence, to know him, to know your God, your maker for yourself, for you. Not because you are going to pray or you are going to lead prayer or you are going to preach a sermon, but you just want to know this God, that I may know you. Amen? When those guys came in John chapter 12, they were showing them, uh, look at Lazarus that was raised from the dead. They were showing them miracles. They said, no, we don't want to see miracles. We don't want to hear testimony that we may see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus and I'm satisfied with that. That must be your hunger. That must be your thirst. When you make that priority, nothing will shake you. It's not that you won't have trouble. You will have trouble, but you know. Some of you say, I know. I know, I know. I know my Redeemer lives. I know he will work it out for me. You will have that confidence. So what must I do? What must I do? I have to complain. Let, let me just wrap it up quickly here. What must I do? You see, the story we're telling here, on that other side, when they got there, in Mark chapter 5, they met the madman of Gadara. A man that could not be restrained. Mad. Somebody say mad. This is not, uh, you know, it's a, a little knot is loose. No, everything was loose. The time we chain, he breaks it. He was a maniac, a madman. Sometimes when God takes you to your other side, he's going to reveal to you certain weaknesses in your life. It's going to show you that you don't pray enough. It's going to show you you don't have an understanding of me. It's going to show you certain weaknesses that you have that is keeping you in the rut. 
It's not always going to be exciting. Because on the other side here, it was not an exciting thing. Amen? But watch this. This is something the Lord will have me tell somebody here today. You know, some of us, <laughs> the challenge with being stuck in the rut sometimes is you have been there so long, you have accepted it as your reality. Amen? You can't see anything different anymore. You have, you have settled, you are saying, que sera, sera, what will be, will be. There's a change coming your way. Yeah. The, the real question is, are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? But watch this. God expressly told me to tell you, this year, one thing you must do. So, someone say, one thing I must do. One do. do I have your attention? Yes, one thing. One thing. One thing you must do this year. I know some of us have prayer journals. This year, I want you to start a book of remembrance. A book of what? A book of remembrance. What does that mean? Anything good, any exciting thing that God has done in your life, begin to write them. You can do it in retrospect and continue forward. But at least make sure from now, going forward, you start noting them. So that when the storms will come, you can open your book of remembrance. This is not what somebody told you now. This is what you have experienced with God. You can open it up and begin to say, if he did it before, he will do it again. If he did it before, he will do it again. Why am I saying this? Watch this. In Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, you read from verse 5, the Bible says later, after they crossed to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered they had forgotten to bring any bread. And then the next verse, Jesus begins to talk to them. He says, watch out. Jesus warned them, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. At this, they began to, you know, so they were thinking, oh my God, we forgot the bread. And almost immediately, Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So they linked the two together. Oh, he said that because we forgot bread. You know, and then they begin to argue amongst themselves. You were supposed to bring the bread. Where did you put the bread? Uh, is it not your responsibility? No, no, no. They started arguing. And Jesus said something very profound to them. Watch. Verse 8. Jesus said, he knew what they were talking about. He said, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? What is he saying to them? They forgot to give thanks. Amen? When you remember, remembrance will always lead you to thanksgiving. If you can reflect, that's why they say anyone that can reflect can give thanks. Somebody said it there. You said it very correctly. As I would have loved to say it. You know, if you can think, if you can reflect, the one thing that will come out of your mouth is thanksgiving and gratitude. 
As long as you cannot reflect on the goodness of God in your life, all you will talk about will be complaint. Why? Because you are fixated on the now. But God has better for you. One person received it. That's okay. If the message is just for one person, it is fine. Amen? There is better on your other side. Amen? When that other side is going to be a process to get there. Many of us, you want it and you want it now. We live in microwave age. But it doesn't happen like that. Amen? It's going to take you through, through a process. But it will surely get you there. Please rise to your feet this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.